Okay, we are learning your test. We're starting right from the bottom of the Yuchat base, five lines up from the bottom. Uh, so we're discussing the dinner of Yitil Sadaim. Again, the basic concept is that uh, back in the days when there was Tumma and there was Tahara, so the hands can often be what's called the level of a Shani, Midrabanon, and uh, when you rinse them, it removes their Tumma. So the Gemara says, Tanrabanon, somebody washes their hands. So in Yitzchavin, if they're having Kavana, they're thinking about that they're going to become Tahara with that, Yadav Tahara, the hands become Tahara. Lonis Gavin, if you, the person is not thinking, there's no kavana, yadav tameos, then his hands are still tameh. It's not only true when you're rinsing your hands like pouring water out of a cup, even if you put your hands in a mikvah, you're immersing your hands into a, a mikvah of 40 sub, but you have the same halacha, neskavin yadav taras. If he has kavana to become tar, his hands become tar. Lonis Gavin, but if he's not having the intention, yadav tameos, and his hands remain tameh. Says the Gemara question, Tanya says in another price, at different price, it says that whether he does have intention or he doesn't have intention, his hands are tar. So we have a contradiction. First, we're saying the first price so that without intention, your hands remain tummy. The second price is saying that even without intention, as long as your hands, we got the water on them, then they're tar. So the Gemara answers, The second price, so which said that even without kavana, you're tar, that's talking about washing for regular kulin. Kulin, remember, was just like an extra safeguard, it was extra protection. Bechulin, we don't really care that much, right? Bechulin, we don't have all these precautionary measures making sense, really, essentially, by Bechulin, which is all precautionary. So therefore, it doesn't have anything too special to it. So as long as the water, Lamaisa hit the hands, you're good, even without Kavana. Ka'an Lamaisa, top of it, Yitasim and Aleph. But the first price that it says without Kavana doesn't work is where you're dealing with Maisr Shani. And Maisr Shani, and certainly anything higher, Truma for sure, uh, where it has a higher level of sanctity. So therefore, we're more Machmir. Then we say it needs kavana, and obviously, certainly by truma, it would need kavana. So we're saying an interesting idea that there's a distinction for, for matters of sanctity. Then there has to be kavana to become tar, but by chulin, as long as the water's there, you're tar even without kavana. So the Gemara says, "From where do you know? What is the source that chulin does not require kavana? What does that come from? In other words, once we're saying that there's a din of kavana." for these other things. And maybe that's just a universal idea that, that purity requires intention. What's my source to say that no, by chulin you don't need? It's not, it says in a mission in the close, let's say you have a wave that became detached from the sea. So the whole wave is a big wave and it's got the requisite shear, right? It's got 40 cell of water in it. But the point is it's no longer connected to the body of the water of the sea. It's its own entity. And now this wave of 40 saw falls on a person or a caliph. So it seems like a pretty crazy case, but it's like this huge wave that's flying through the air and crashes down right on top of a tummy person or a uh, tummy kli that was just happened to be sitting by the, by the beach and uh, the wave crashed on them. So what's the halacha? Tower and they become tar. So, so as, as long as they have 40 saw, we don't have a problem of the fact that it's no longer connected, uh, connected to the sea. Okay. Now just take... No, no, it's a great question. It's a great question. Very good. So it happens to be, and this is all a big, big shiloh here, and then we share him in that. Let me just give a little introduction because of your question. It's a great question. The halakha is that, that when you have a mikvah of, of uh, a 40 saw that's, that comes from rainwater, we're talking about like rainwater, which most of our you know, mikvahs are today. So then the halakha is not only does it have to have 40 saw, but it has to be settled. It has to be still water. That's the halakha by, by, by rainwater. Um, but that's only when you're talking about a collection of rainwater. When you have a spring, which is called a mayan, um, from natural water, 
then uh, it could be even zochlin, it could be even flowing. So the shaila is over here, it's talking about that it came out of the sea. So it's a big shaila in Mishnah Simikvos. What is the sea? Is the sea viewed as in the natural body of water? Or is the sea viewed as rainwater? It's not really a spring, it's not really rainwater. The sea is its own thing. But uh, the Gemara has a whole thing over there. I'm sorry, the Mishnah has a whole thing. That, that, the, that here we're going like Rabiosi, that the sea is a Mayan. And therefore, when, this, when the wave comes out, let it be that it's open, let it be that it's flowing, let it be that it's not gathered water, but it could still be okay, which is, which is, which is a tough point. All right, interesting stuff. Great questions. That's a, that's a heavy, heavy McVos rate. Not so important for us today, but it's, that's heavy stuff. So anyways, it says that when this wave is falling on a person or a kalim, they become dark. So let's think, think about it. Because on the other day, kalim, it said two things. It falls on a tummy person or a tummy kalim. So when it put them next to each other, it means that you're supposed to learn something from one another. So ma kalim lo just as the case of kalim, right? Kalim don't have a mind, right? Kalim aren't having intent. Kalim are just dead, inanimate things. So just as a kalim isn't thinking about becoming pure, the case is the guy was, he, he was taking a suntan there on the, on, the, on, the, on the shore. He wasn't thinking, he's sleeping. And then suddenly, you know, boom, the wave fell on him. That's the case. The, the case is that he doesn't have kavana. And still it says that he is tar. So we see that intent does not require, that intent does not require to become tar for chulin. And we'll say that we're discussing chulin here. And the person who becomes tar, we're saying he's tar, that he could, he, he thinks that he touched our chulin, don't become tamin. So the Mar says, Mimai, is that really a good proof? He moved his beach chair right to the edge and he's expecting the wave to come. He hears it's a very uh, stormy day. He brings his, his chair right down to the, to the water and he's waiting for the, for the wave to hit. And just the opposite, we'll make the parallel from the utensils case, just the opposite, just like the person, just as the person is thinking about it. The case of the Kalim is where the person has intent, meaning the owner of the Kalim, same thing. He, he, he brings his kalim with the intent that the kalim will become tar. So actually, there is kavana going on. If you're going to be bothered, then what's the novelty of the Mishnah? If the Mishnah is talking about that you're not thinking about it, you're not expecting it, then the novelty would be that you still become tar without kavana. But if you say really you need kavana, and the case is that you're, you're expecting it to come, you say you're going to be bothered, what's the need of the Mishnah? Of course you become tar. The answer is no, it's not so simple. Maybe we should say that the tefillah is no good. Because somebody might come to be toivel in a char dolish shalmayim, which is when you have rainwater flowing down a very big slope of a mountain. And there, um, we say it's no good when it's very, very, uh, when it's very, very steep. So even if there happens to be 40 saw in the stream, we say it's no good because we say it's not a unified mass of 40 saw. There's some over here, it could be a wave. So like the wave is like its own, it's like it's, it's, it's together. It's a unified thing, it's a wave. But if it's flowing like a stream, like down like a, you know, rainwater, but it's flowing really down a really, really, really steep slope of a mountain, we don't consider it in that case to be one unified mass. And therefore it wouldn't be good. So you would say maybe we should be goes or the wave is no good, or to the case where I have the, the rainwater flowing down the steep slope, inami, or alternatively, maybe we should say that it shouldn't be good even if it's from the head of the detached wave, and, and because we have to make exera, atu, that you might be told on the arch of the wave. Let's say somebody threw a tummy kli and it hit right through. You have a detached wave, but it threw right through the arch. The halacha is it's no good. Why? It's a unified mass of, of, of a unified mass of forty saw. The terrace is there's like a new halacha. You can't be tovel in the air, not in the arch. It has to hit down. It's like an interesting new halacha. It's not that clear where that halacha in the clause comes from. But we see in the Gemara, you can't be tovel in the arch of the wave. It has to hit down the head of the wave. That's where the unified mass hits down right at the at its end. 
But if you throw a Tamei Kali, let's say, through the arch and it went through the wave, even though it went through a wave that has unified mass of 40 saw, it's no good. So I would say maybe we should be geyser, even if the head of the wave hits, up to a case where you might be tovel, or you might throw the Kali into the arch of the wave. Matana therefore tells us that we don't make such a decree. So that could be the Chiddush. Really, we're talking about that you have Kavana. Really, maybe you need Kavana. The, the, the case is here is that you're having Kavana. You're having Kavana. You had Kavana for your Kalim. Just the, the Chiddush here is, 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 is that it's good. We're not geyser, up to the steeper. The rainwater flowing down the steep slope, or that we're not goes there, Atu, that you might be tovel in the arch of the way. Is there any issue with the tzitzah? I don't think so. You guys sing on the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was dramatizing, yeah. Obviously, but you're I'm right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You can't, you know, clothing and this and that. Yeah, it's got to work out. In case I got to work out. You're right. You're right. Says the Gemara, not taming the low we keep in. Where do we know the Gemara's just on the little tangent now? We just brought the, up that new issue out of left field. How do we know? You can't be tovel in an arch, meaning even if I have a unified mass of 40 saw in the form of a wave detached from the sea, how do I know that you can't throw something dumb through the arch and know it becomes tar? The Tanya says in Rise, Matthew and Barash, Matthew and You could be tovel in the head of the detached wave, meaning the end of it, but the tvila cannot occur in the arch of that wave. It's like a din of tvila ba'avir. It doesn't work, ba'avir. It's not considered, it doesn't work. You can't be tovel in the, in the, in the air. So it's when it's, it's on the ground, then it's the archway, it's falling on it. So we say it's as if it's connected to the ground. Fila always has to be shy to the karka. What an interesting you say. It doesn't say that clearly where it comes from. And that the Bryson says this is just the fact. It always has to be shy to the karka. So if there's something that's on the ground and then the head of the wave is hitting it, we can say that the tefillah of a shy to the karka. But if you're just throwing it through the, through the archway of a, of a, of, through the arch of a, of, a, of a wave, then it's no good. All right, says the Gemara. So we're still looking for a source. So we rejected a source from there that you don't need kavana for for for, for chulin. So we're still looking for a source that you don't need kavana for to become tar when you're dealing with chulin. Elamayal. Rather, we look at this. The Tana says in the Mishnah, Mishnah Machshir. So remember the halacha when when food for food items to become susceptible to tumah tumas ochlin, they need to have a hechshir the tumah. They need to become wet with one of the special seven liquids, halachic liquids, in order to become susceptible to tumah. So perish not let's say an interesting case. Produce falls into a water. Somebody's hands are tummy, reaches into the water and takes them out. So Yad of Taurus, his hands become tar. Now, he's not intending to purify them. He's just sticking his hands in to get the fruits out. But his hands still become tar. And the produce are not bechiyutan, meaning they are not considered hokshah And if, let's say, I don't know, a dead, a, dead, a dead rodent touched them afterwards, it would still be tar. What's the pshat? Because the Pasuk says bechiyutan ma'im Water is placed on the, on the zera, on the food. So we, the, if you look at the word yutan, what's interesting about it is that the vowels aren't in the Torah. So it could be yutan and it could be yutin. So yutan and yutin, the difference is whether it's something you're doing with purpose and intent or not. So is hechshar supposed to be something that's done only when you put the water on it? Or is hechshar something that happens even if the water falls by itself? So the Gemara in Balmatia famously says that it depends. The hechshar could come by itself, but only if it's something that's like you putting on it. What does that mean? If you're happy about the fact that it became water, that it became wet. If you have something that's good to you, you're, you're, you're smiling about the fact that the favorites became wet, then the hechshar can occur even though you didn't put the water. But if it's to your apathy, you couldn't care less about it becoming wet, then it does not become hokshar. So in our case, the water, the, the fruit somehow fell into a stream and you took, your, you took it out. There's nothing here that makes you happy. There's, in these circumstances, there's nothing happy about the fact that it became wet. So therefore, the fruits are not pechiyudan, the fruits are not susceptible to tumah, but your hands that were tummy, and you went and took them out, Lamai said your hands became wet. So there, your hands were immersed, and therefore your hands become uh, become tar. If the reason why 
you 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 wanted you wanted to take them out was because you needed to take your hand make your hands tar, meaning you you wanted your hands to be tar. And that's why you're taking the fruit out, meaning you're really going to tarify your hands. It happens to be you reach in and take out the the fruit. So you all have tars, your hands become tar. Because in this case, why? Um, and it, I'm sorry, in this case, your hands are tar, just like in the ratio. I mean, the ratio also implied you didn't really care about your hands. Your hands are always tar. The difference is here that the peros are bechayutan. Why is that? Because if you're intending to rinse your hands, then you're happy about the fact that the produce fell in the water because now you have to go rinse your hands. Now, it's a little bit cheap because it doesn't make so much sense. Why I couldn't have rinsed my hands if I wasn't going for the fruit. Right? I, I, the only reason I'm going to retrieve the fruit is because I want to rinse my hands. So we're saying now that's approval, that's happy about the fact that the fruits became wet. A little bit hard to understand. I mean, Achronim don't understand the Rashi, but that's the way Rashi explains the Gemara. That in this case, that you're retrieving the fruits because you want to rinse your hands, so now that's like an approval of the circumstance that the fruit became wet. I'm approving of that. How am I approving? Because I needed to go wash my hands. In the Risha, I didn't need to go wash my hands. I'm just going to retrieve the fruit. So there's no approval of the fact that the fruits became wet. It's just annoying to me that I have to go get my fruits. So therefore, the fruits are not susceptible to tzimah. And the safer where I, I, I actually need to go wash my hands, there, when I go retrieve the fruits, it's b'chiyutai. Okay, that's a hard point. But the point that we want is the ratio. The ratio says if I'm just going to retrieve the fruit, that, the, that, that my hands are tar. Why? It must be you don't need kavana. So we clearly see that kavana is not necessary for who. When tahara comes, because tahara comes, your hands become wet, you're good to go. Says the Gemara, so we accept that proof. But now we have questions. Isfei Rabba the what did our Mishnah say? Our Mishnah said, remember the Mishnah had the hierarchy, right? What was the hierarchy? And when you go to the mikvah and you're thinking about what you're intending to purify yourself for. So if you're thinking Lachuin, you're still Tame in regard to Maiser. If you were thinking for Maiser, you're still Tame for Churma. If you're thinking for Churma, you're still Tame for Kodesh. If you're thinking about Kodesh, you're still Tame for Parach Aduma water. So somebody went for Tukhulin and he thought about purifying himself for Tukhulin. He's still also from eating Maiser Shani. The implication is, the only reason you could eat chulin is because you thought about eating chulin. But if you didn't think about eating chulin, you wouldn't even be mother to chulin. Meaning the Mishnah presented the case. Somebody went to the mikvah. He thought about pure, that he's going to eat chulin, but he didn't think about maizah. So he's good for chulin, he's not good for maizah. The implication is, if he wouldn't think at all, what would the halacha be? He would be usher for everything. He wouldn't even be allowed to eat maizah. So we see that even, he wouldn't even be allowed to eat chulin. So we see that without intent, there's no tahara at all, even for chulin. So the Gemara says, no, 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 that's not what the Mishnah meant. The implication that you took out was wrong. This is what the Tanah was saying. Even though you intended to purify yourself for Kulin, meaning, if you didn't have intent at all, you're good for Kulin, but of course you're also for Maiser. The Mishnah is saying, even if you intended for your purification, which wasn't necessary for Kulin, but even if you intended for it, if you didn't think Lamaiser, if you only thought about Kulin, you're still going to be also for Maiser. So really, we, we, we're defending that to become tar for Kulin, you don't need Kavana at all. The Mishnah just meant to say, even though you had Kavana, but if you weren't thinking about Maiser, you only thought about Hulin, then you're still Aser for Maiser. Says the Gemara, still another question. The end of the Mishnah. We looked at this line yesterday, Isve. What did the Mishnah say? Tav of the Hose was someone who went to the Mikvah without thinking. He didn't think about Tahara. He seemingly, he just went to bathe. What's the Halacha? Kilu It's as if he didn't immerse himself. Oh, that's a pretty strong statement. My love, Kilu cloud. Sounds like he didn't immerse himself at all. So we're saying that. Without kavana, it's, it's tantamount to not to, to bathing. So it's tantamount to not, not, not immersing in a mikvah. So we see that even for kulin, we see that even for kulin, you need kavana. So the Mar says, lo, it just means kilo tavala maiser. It's as if you bathe regarding maiser. Avala tavala kulin, it is still effective for kulin. Now that's pretty forced. You know why that's pretty forced? Because the mission is then repetitive. The mission already said, if somebody went to mikvah thinking about kulin, 
he came Maizah. So now what's this extra line in the Mishnah saying somebody went to the Mikvah without thinking? It's as if he didn't bathe. It's as if he didn't go to the Mikvah. If it's just coming to say he's Asr and Maizah, it seems a bit redundant. If it was adding that he's Asr and we understand the externality. It's really actually very hard to understand um, what it's saying here in this extra line. But the Gemara Lamaisa rejects it, and now they defended it, and now the Gemara says, He thought that he was pushing him off, meaning he thought it was just saying like a very forced answer that wasn't a good answer. You know, like the real answer, it sounded like in the Mishnah, is that he's not totally even for Hulin. But he went out and he found that what Rabbi Nachman said was right. The time he says it right, someone who immersed himself and didn't intend, also Lamaisa Matulachulin. So we talk not only do we defend, our original theory that Hulun doesn't need Kavana, we support it and prove it from a price as well. So we've, we've brought some stark support here that if somebody has Tevila and they don't have Kavana, what is the halacha? They're still good to go for Hulun. All right, very good. Now we move on. But we still learned that for anything extra, the hierarchy, anything besides Hulun, you got to have Kavana, right? You got to think. And what was the hierarchy again? It goes after that for, for Maizir, you need Kavana, Truma, Kodesh, and then paraduma water. So Amar Abulazar, Tavavala. Somebody went to the mikvah and he's coming out of the mikvah. So he's 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 stepped out of the body of the mikvah and he hasn't yet thought about what level he was purifying himself for. But he stepped out. He's Allah. So what does that mean? Allah means you've come up in the mikvah. You've ascended. After you've ascended, at this time you could think about what 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 it, what, what what it should work for. So meaning we're working with the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that you have to intend. With your tefillah, what you want it to work for. We're working with that premise. Anything above Hulin, you got to think about it. But when do you have to think about it? So we're discussing somebody who did, um, who, who did think, but he didn't have in mind for a specific, a specific level. So this is an interesting thing. We haven't discussed this. We've discussed so far, um, someone says, I'm thinking, either he's thinking nothing and he's good for Hulin and also for everything else. Or he thought, you know, Lechulin, he's still also a miser. He thought the miser, he's still also for truth. What if he just thought, I'm going to purify myself? He didn't think Meiser, he didn't think Truma, he didn't think Kodesh, I'm going to be Matar myself. He left it vague. And now, as he's coming up, now he thinks about what he wants to do. So that's what the Gemara is saying. That that works. If I went to the mikvah and I thought, well, Meiser, I'm purifying myself with the intent to eat Meiser, you can't go after, afterwards to eat Truma. But if I went, and when I went to the mikvah, I thought, I'm being Matar. I know I'm not being, I'm being matar. But I didn't think Lamaizer, I didn't think Latruma. I thought general. I'm thinking general. So then in that case, what's the halacha? So then afterwards, you can be master to purify yourself or whatever you want. Very interesting idea. And you can think about it as you're coming up, what it works. Okay, so even though you're not in the mikvah, that's why it's such a chiddish. Once you've ascended, you've ascended. But what we're saying is, since when you went to the mikvah, you saw litahara, so then afterwards, you can be master for you. That's the, that's the way that Rashi seems to learn the Gemara. Says the Marakasha, look at the Brahsa. If you still have one foot in the water, so you're still connected to the mikvah, then it was like, even though you originally had thought for a less stringent thing, you could change it and have intent for a more Khamer thing. You could change it. Even though, you know, like when you dunked, you were thinking Lamaiser, now as long as one foot is still in the mikvah, you could change it and make your thought to be for Churma, let's say. But Allah, after you totally ascended, you can't change. You can't think anymore. So presumably this means you can't intend. Meaning, no matter what you intend at the time of the, of, of, of the, of the tefillah, it can't work at this time. So the same, it's a kasha on what we said. We said that if somebody went to the mikvah stam, I'm thinking for purity, then after he came out, even though he ascended, he can be masik for whatever he wants. Here we see differently. 
Here we see it's only if you're, you have one foot in the water that you can change your intent. But if you if you if if, if you've totally ascended, you don't have one foot in the water anymore, then you can't change your thoughts. So it's a kash on what we said. So the Quran says, look, that's not the way we understand it. Oh Deyu, when your foot is still in the water, even if you thought for a less stringent thing, you can change it. Meaning if I'm still in the mikvah, at least I have one foot in the mikvah, even if I thought, not parv, I thought lemaiser, I could switch it latruma, let's say. Or I thought I originally thought latruma, I could change it for kodesh. But Allah, once I come out, I can't do that. I can't change. I can't uproot a thought that I had before. But in low hooks if I hadn't intended for any particular level, then I could intend. Then I could intend. If I, let's say I went to the mikvah thinking for purity, I didn't intend or kodesh truma, I didn't think that way. Then even when I ascend, I could. But if I had particularly intended for one thing, I can't switch it. So basically we're saying like this. The mission didn't speak about somebody who went in thinking of purity. The mission was talking about like, We've been discussing until now where you went in thinking a specific thought. I'm going, I'm gonna eat Meister, I'm gonna eat Kodesh, I'm gonna eat Shema. There the halacha is that as long as you're still in the mikvah, you can uproot it and think for a more a more stringent level in the hierarchy. You could do that. And even if you already dunk, but as long as when you have one foot in the mikvah, you can switch your thought and uproot and say, no, I'm actually gonna eat even something more severe. But the Amaran Revelaz are introducing us to a new thing. If you didn't think about eating a specific thing, you went to the mikvah with a pretty much like an open mind. I'm just being matar. I'm being matar myself. Without thinking what you're going to eat, then after you ascend, even though you don't have a foot in the mikvah, you're still able to uh, clarify then what you want to do, and you're good to go. Okay. All right. And obviously, though, just remember, we learned before, let's say I went thinking I'm bathing. I didn't go with intent to purify myself at all. I could eat chulin, but I can't eat anything else. All right. Says the Gemara... Oh, that would, that would probably be good. Yeah, 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 that's great. That's going to be good. But let's see. Because Montana, let's understand this thing with the foot in. Montana or their rock is my mind. Who is the Tana that if you have one foot in the water, it's as if you're still immersive? Right? What is this Yisud? With one foot in the water, it's as if, you know, and what's the question? How? I'm not in the mikvah anymore. Meaning I might have some of the mikvah water on me, but I'm not in the mikvah. To be in the mikvah means I'm in 40 saw, right? So what's this Yisoy that it's still, I still have my foot in the water as if I'm in the water? That's mm-hmm. only review that's It's not in Mishnah. Let's say Mikvah is measured and it's found only exactly 40 sauce, just exactly 40 sauce, the minimum amount. Two Tommy people went down and they immersed themselves one after the other. So what does that mean? That means that the first guy was Tovah in 40 saw, but the second guy was Tovah after the first person emerged from the Mikvah. So when the second guy went, there's no way that he's being Tovah with 40 saw. Because the first guy inevitably took out some water with him, right? So Arisha and Tar, the first guy is Tar, because when he was told there was 40 saw, the second guy is Tameh. Why? Because since the first guy ascended with presumably a little bit of the water on him, it stuck with his body and came out, so now it's deficient at the time that the second guy was told. So the second guy is Tameh. If the feet of the first guys were still touching the water when the second guy was told, the second guy is Tar. So he's saying a very interesting thing. There is some water on the first guy when he comes up, but his foot is still in the mikvah. So all the water that's on the body of the first guy is viewed as, it, as, it, as, viewed as if it is still in the mikvah. The second guy is also told on 40 saw. Why? Because it's one unified mass of 40 saw. All of the water that's on the first guy as he's coming out is still viewed like it's in the mikvah. What's the Yisrael? The Yisrael is called good aches. They were able to lower and extend. So as long as my foot is still there, then anything that's on my body, all the drips of water, all those, all those bits of water that are on me, we're able to lower and extend and view as, as if it's still inside of the mikvah. A really big chiddush, a good office, that's reviewed as idea. 
Rabbi Yudah holds, as long as you still have your foot in the water, then any water that's on you, you're still viewed as if you're besof the mikvah. So what the Gemara is saying is that the same way Rabbi Yudah says that there, in regard to the mikvah that was exactly 40 saw, that the second guy can be tar, tar if he was told that while the first guy's foot is still in, so too here, Rabbi Yudah is the one who's saying that even though I thought about eating only miser when I was in the mikvah, but if my foot is still in the mikvah, one foot, and I'm thinking, I say, you know what, let me actually have, I'm going to have a churma sandwich for lunch. Then you're good to go. It says, if you're still in the matziv of being in the mikvah because of the principle of good achas. So really tremendous chiddush from Rabbi Yehuda here. All right. Now, okay, clear? Now the Gemara comments on this. This machlaikis about Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbana, about where we say um, good achas, that we're going to, you know, when you have one foot in the mikvah, it's as if you're still in, that's all by when you're talking about the Rabbana type of tumah. Where your tar midaraisa and your and your whole tefillah is only because there is some rabbinic stringency that you have to be told. Though there are many cases we're going to see coming up in the parak, you know, where you have to be told with all midarabanan. So there, Rabbi Yudah has a lumdus that, that 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 even though you're out of the mikvah, but as long as your foot is in the mikvah, it's says you're still in the mikvah. But if you're really tummy, your mom is tummy midaraisa, and you need tahara on a daraisa level, then divriakolavashini tummy. Even Rabbi Yudah agrees the second person is tummy, meaning. Rabbi Yudah's leniency that we lower the water that's on the second guy and we view it as if it, it, it's still in the mikvah and when the, the second guy is tovel, it's as if he's tovel in a full shear. That's only true if he only had to be tovel on a Durabanan level. But if he had to be tovel on a Daraisa level, Rabbi Yudah would concede it's no good. Rabbi Yudah's akula since the tefillah anyways is Durabanan. But if I'm dealing with a tefillah that's midaraisa, then it doesn't work. Behind me, the Repidas, Rabbi Nachman said, agrees with Repidas. Why? Because Repidas was talking before about changing your thought which is clearly a din to Rabbanan, right? This whole din that you have to think about, you know, the hierarchy, all of this is to Rabbanan. And Rabbi Das said, the halacha, that when you have one foot in the mikvah, it's going like Rabbi Yehuda. So we see that Rabbi Das has well understood that the case of Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan was talking about a Rabbanan type of halacha. So Rabbi Nachman's point that Rabbi Machogas Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan about whether the second guy is tar or tamay is only when the second guy is tar and the Rabbanan, that works well with what Rabbi Das said. Rabbi Das was saying that the halacha about switching your thought about what you're going to eat is true it's only like Rabbi Yehuda when you have one foot in. He also understood that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbanan are talking about a tumah Rabbanan. However, Rabbi other people say, Rabbi Nachman Rabbu, Rabbi Nachman says, Machlokes but tumah Tahara. The Machlokes is actually where the second guy has to be tovah medaraiz. The, re- the reason the Rabbanan don't agree to the principle of Gadachas, the reason the rabbis are being strict, and they're saying that the Shani is tameh, they're saying that it's not, we don't say Gadachas, that's only true because the, the tameh person was tameh on a daraiz level. If it was only a din Rabbanan, then even the rabbis would agree that the second person is tar. So if that's true, that means that whenever you're dealing with a rabbinic thing, even the rabbanon are lenient. Even the rabbanon agree that one foot of the mikvah is treated like it's in the mikvah. The whole dispute about Qur'achas is only on a daraisa level. On a rabbanon case, then even the, on a rabbanon case, then even the, even the rabbis would be lenient. If so, then the Rabbi Nachman said, we're arguing Rapidas, because Rapidas was talking about a rabbinic case, someone who could uproot his mind when he has one foot in the mikvah. So he said, it's only like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Nachman would say, no, if it's a question of uprooting your thought about, about what you want to eat, maybe even the rabbis would, would agree that it's okay. So Josh, your question that you asked me might be a very complicated question. You wanted to know if a person went with intent to bathe, and then he still has one foot in the mikvah, what would we say? It might be complicated. Because we have to figure out, is that a Chumar Madurabanan in that case, or is that an Eker Adin? And that's what the Gemara is coming out. And we're not sure if Rabbi Yehuda's Kula is only in the Tumat Rabbanan, or the opposite. If it's the Tumat Rabbanan, even the rabbis would agree. So we're talking about a case where you thought about the Hara, but I thought about it was eating mice, or could I approve my thought and now plan on eating Kodesh, or something like that. That's clearly a Din Rabbanan. That definitely 
They're definitely worth like Rabbi Yehuda when you have one foot in the water. If you went to bathe, that would be an interesting question. All right. So now that we see this principle of Rabbi Yehuda with Koda Achis, so Amar Ula, by me name Rabbi Yochanan, I had a Shaila from Rabbi Yochanan. Le Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Ma'ala Adel Ma'achan Mitzinoros, Mitzinoros, Barosh and Shomayim. What's the halacha about putting a, a needle or some sort of uh, fork on, top, on the head of the first person while his feet are still in the water? So what's the shayla? What is the shayla? Rabbi Yehuda held that as long, as long as all the water, right, is still on your body and you have one foot in the mikvah, it's like it's all in the mikvah. So now when the second guy goes in, he goes in. So the more wants to know how far do we take it? What if somebody puts a tamekli on the head of the, top, of the person who's coming out of the mikvah? Maybe it's good. Why? Because maybe we could say it's considered to be in the mikvah when the Gemara spells out what the shayla is. We have to say here two things. Good Maybe the principle that we extend to lower that Rabbi Yudah might hold. So in other words, the idea of Rabbi Yudah was that the Shani jumps in the mikvah. Either there's not 40 saw. But oh, all the rainwater that's on the body, it's as if it runs down. And it's just considered like it's in the mikvah. So maybe that, he says. But good asig, We don't extend to raise. So the needle that's on top of the guy's head, we can't say it's as if it's in the mikvah. Because here, you're trying to say it's as if all the water that's in the mikvah is raising, because it's all connected. Remember, I've got one foot in the mikvah and some water, I mean some water is in the mikvah. So here I want to say the opposite. I'm going to raise all the water that's in the mikvah, view it like one continuous unit, and if I put a, 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 it in a little bit of uh, water that's on the head, it's as if it's in the mikvah. Why? Where's the 40 saw? Territ says it's all one big mass. We extend all the water that's in the mikvah, it's raised. Remember, he's got one foot in. It's raised, and there's a little drips on top of his, on his hair. He puts the fork, this little spinning fork, the little needle in those, a little puddle on his head. We're good to go with Tovo and the mikvah. Or no, good asik is much harder. And why is good asik harder? Because conceptually, we understand water naturally extends down, right? Water flows down. Does water naturally flow up? Not really. So maybe the whole idea is going to say good achis, that it extends down. So if the second guy goes to the mikvah, even though the first guy took some of the water with him, that's good. But the opposite, to put a needle on the head and say that's good, maybe we don't accept that. Oh, the obviously. We hold a good asik as well. So if you put the tummy needle on top of the head of the guy who's got one foot in the mikvah, maybe that's good as well. That's good. Yeah, because, yeah. There's taki connect. You're in the mikvah. Your mom is there. There it's good. Here you come out. Just you have one foot in the mikvah, right? So Amar Li, so Rabbi Yechon said to Ula Tani Tua, we learned the answer in a price. There are three holes that have water and they're all in a valley. There's a slope here with three holes. There's an upper one, a lower one, and a middle one. The upper one and the lower one have 20 saw. The middle one has 40 saw. And there's a rainwater, there's, a street, there, there's some rainwater that's passing between the three holes and it's connecting them. So what's going on? You have, you have, you have three holes, 20-20 on the top and bottom, 40 in the middle. And you have rainwater flow that's connecting all three. So what's the halacha? So definitely you could be tovel in the middle one, it has 40 saw. But could you be tovel in the top one and the bottom one? The top one and bottom one only have 20 saw. The shayla is, is it viewed as one big body of mikvah. So basically the question is, can I extend up and can I extend down? Mayor used to say you could be tovo in the upper one. Why? Hi, the upper one doesn't have doesn't have uh, forty saw. Teretz is because we say good asik since it's, there, there, there's a flow connecting the the bodies of water. So we say since the middle one is forty saw, we're able to extend upwards and view as if all the water that's in the middle one is also in the in the upper one. So we say we could say good asik. Rabbi Yudah quotes Rabbi Mayor and he doesn't make any comment. So presumably Rabbi Yudah agrees with it. 
So, so to here, if you would put the needle on top of the head, everything would be fine. So I'm talking more about Tanya, but it says in another price, Rabbi Yudomer, top of the base, Rameir, I meant Matzvah Yonah. Rameir says you could be tovo in the top one. The Ani Omer, but I say with Tanya, Yonah, the bottom one is good. Because the bottom one, even though that's one you could say, good achis, you extend the water down. But not the top one. You can extend down, you can't extend up. So what do we see? There, Rebuda does distinguish between good achis and good asik. So I'm a Tanya, Tanya. If it says that in the price, that says that in the price. Meaning, I retract what I said. It's takam, dispute between Rebuda and Ramer, and Rebuda does not agree to good asik. According to Rebuda, this case of the mikvah with one, with one guy with his foot still in, it would help. It would help for what? If a second guy would jump in the mikvah, because you could say good achis, it's as if he's in the mikvah 40, so we extend the water down. But to put a tame needle on the head of the guy, the first guy would not work because we don't say good asik, we don't extend the water up. All right, great stuff. Now we analyze this a little bit more. What did the Mishnah say? That somebody went to the mikvah and he was thinking about eating chulin, so he's not good to eat maizer shame. So mani masnisin, Rabbanon he deshanu ben chulin lemaiser. We see that the Mishnah in the hierarchy it went chulin, maiser, and then truma. There was a line of maiser, maiser sheni between um, between chulin and truma. So the Mishnah sounds like the, the Rabbanon. This is the Rabbanon that we learned about yesterday. The Rabbanon all that there's a chilek between chulin and maiser sheni. Remember, we learned in the Mishnah on Yil Chesam that it was a machlokes whether or not we make maiser sheni as its own category. There in the Rabbanon. So it sounds like our Mishnah who put maiser between. Kulin and Truma, holds like the Rabbanon, the Ema Seva, look at the end of the Mishnah. Remember what was the third hierarchy that we learned in the Mishnah yesterday? Big day Amaretz, Midrash Lepirushin. The calling of Amaretz is automatically assumed to become a Medrash for people who keep, who are Pirushin, people who, who eat their Kulin in a state of Tahara. Meaning, remember the Allah, you can't trust the Big day Amaretz. You always assume that they're Tameh. And then we made a hierarchy. The, the clothing of the Purushi to eat their chulin betahara is always considered tummy for those who eat truma. But what did it skip? It didn't say big day Purushin is medrash la ochle maizer sheni. It didn't skip that. It didn't say that. It said big day Purushin medrash la ochle truma. It skipped maizer sheni. So asan the rameir, the amar chulin maizer It sounds like the mishnah was like rameir that chulin and maizer sheni are considered the same state, meaning that maizer sheni is not grouped as a category unto its own as severity and severity for the laws of tuma. It's all like chulin. So it sounds, and that's what the Seifa sounds like, because it said, Pirushin, people who eat their chulin v'tahara, and it went straight to Truma. It skipped the level of Maizer Shani. So the problem is, Reisha Rabbanon of a Seifa Rameir. It sounds like the first part of the Mishnah holds like the Rabbanon, that Maizer Shani is more Chamer than chulin. The end of the Mishnah holds like Rameir, that Maizer Shani is not treated any more Chamer than chulin. So what's going on? It's a contradiction in, in the bride. So here, Minei Ube. Says the Gemara, in, we have no alternative but to say, Reisha Rabbanon of a Seifa Rameir. The first part of the Mishnah is like the Rabbanon, the Seifa is like Rabbi. So that's very forced, but that's what we do. However, the Gemara comes along and says there was a different girsa. Everything until now was predicated that the girsa, when it was talking about the begadim, it goes, Amar's midras of Purushim, Vigdi Purushim, midras of Ochle Truma. That was the girsa, so it skipped Meiser. But the Gemara says, Rav Achabar Adam, Masi Lavaseva, Chamesh Malos. He taught the Seifa with the, with the girsa as having five levels. In other words, he added the level of Vigdi Purushim is midras of Ochle Meiser Shani. He added that into the text. If you add that into the text, then the entire Mishnah could be going like the Rabbanon. And in fact, it does have, it does have that, uh, that extra severity of Maizer Shani. It does have that in the hierarchy. And again, that all depends if you have the gears. Initially, the Gemara thought we don't have the gears, so the way our Mishnah doesn't have it. So that's why we were surprised. The Gemara of Ahab Yaakov is adding that into the Mishnah that Maizer Shani is there. And therefore, he's able to say that the Mishnah could in fact go like the Rabbanon.